This train don't care no gamblers, no hypocrites, no midnight ramblers. This train bound for glory now, this train. Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me is Jason, and he's getting prepared to go to uh, Rock and Pod this weekend. I am. The worst part's going to be you're not there. Yeah. And then Ian's not there. Right. So David Hudson from State of America will be solo. I'll be solo, but we're going to partner up for protection and, you know, watch each other's backs, Brian. Yeah. Well, we're trying to get, I tried to get uh, this uh, Decarp Blues harmonica builder player uh, lined up for Ian and I for Ian to guest host for you, but Ooh. the guy hasn't got back to me yet, but you never know. Uh, yep. Has Ian not gotten back to you, or the or the hard decarp hasn't yet gotten? Oh, decarp. Okay, I'll say Ian just moved. It sounds like right. he might yeah, be settled. Super so busy. that would be cool if you guys get a chance to do an episode together. When you brought that up to me, I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, Ian's always a good dude to chat with. But no, so I'm looking forward to being back at Rock and Pod, even though missing you guys. We'll be hanging out in the barn over at the Nashville <laughs> <laughs> County Fairgrounds, not Nashville City. Sorry, not county. So. A little bit more space than when you and I attended last time, but we'll, we'll see if the uh, indoor motif is just as nice as that hotel. <laughs> so who do we have? Who do you have lined up? Who do they line up? All for, right. For you? So you and I helped tailor this guest list. So here's who we have. So we have some returning people, our friends, and a couple newbies. So we're going to start off with a newbie, a Tuck Smith. For those of you that don't know him, he's previously of a band called The Biters. Last year, at the end of the year, he re released an album, Tuck Smith and the Restless Heart Band, Ballad of a Misspent Youth. Check it out. It's good. He does kind of like straightforward rock and roll. So I'm really excited to talk to him, uh, particularly because he's going to be opening some dates for Jared James Nichols, a future podcast guest for us. Uh, and then our friend Cage from River Ghost, a Nashville resident, will be on. So Brian will be a good chance to catch up with Cage, see how he's doing since last time we chatted. Um, the Native Sons, you know, we've had, um, oh, uh, the lead singer on. I'm blanking on his name. It's terrible. A couple months back, but we've had members of Native Sons on, so they'll be here. Uh, then a newbie, Sunny Guitar Slim, like a one-man mm. band type of dude. So we'll see what's going on with him. Have returning guest Anthony Corder, lead singer of Tora Tora. Jason McMaster, lead singer of Dangerous Toys, and he also does a side project, like a really, it's like a blues, southern rockish kind of side group, right, Brian? Oh, uh, you're talking about Broken Teeth? It's like, yeah, it's Broken like teeth. Motorhead meets like southern rock, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, which is good, Motorhead meets, which is kind of like our guests on today, our returning guests, so Jason McMaster, and as you'll hear in this interview today with our guests, there's some, there's definitely a connection and friendship with the, with the two groups. 
uh, Tattered Sons, which will be new to us. So interested to check out Tattered Sons. And then capping the day, there's no other, better way than one of our favorite people, one of our favorite guests with Leilani Kilgore, fresh off of appearance the night before with rare hair, Brian. So what do you think about that list? Oh, that'd be cool. That's cool that you get to talk to her live and in person. You did mention Cage, right? Not. Yeah, Cage is, will be Cage. second right after Tuck right. Smith. Cool. So we'll get to see how cool. Cage is doing and uh, chat all things River Ghost. Yeah, no, always a joy to talk to Leilani. So that'll I mean, it'll all be good, but that's like all a be good. great way to cap off the day. Yes, it certainly will. So be a lot of fun. Any other activities you got planned with Mr. Hudson? Uh, all I know is Friday night, we will be attending that rare hair performance at seven at the Nashville Brooklyn Bowl or Nashville Bowl, I guess is probably okay. the Brooklyn Bowl. The Brooklyn Bowl. Bowl. Other than that, man, probably just go to bed early, get up early, be yep. ready to rock and yeah. be fresh and ready to hang out the fairground. <laughs> <laughs> As the Saturday's rocking pot is so long and it's, you know, you got to get your rest the night before. Uh, we're kind of past the age of being up late and partying <laughs> anyway, you know? Sure, yeah, right. So, so what do we, what's, who's, who do we have coming on today? Some of our guests, returners. Yeah, we have a couple guys from Junkyard, Patrick Zingo, the drummer, and uh, and um, and Tim Mosher, guitar player, coming back to talk uh, about some interesting things that they have going on, and uh, you guys will hear all about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we love Junkyard and those guys are a lot of fun and they've got a cool, these cool shows coming up and we're looking forward to uh, seeing how they go. All right. Well, you guys kick back, relax and uh, enjoy our conversation with Pat and Tim from Junkyard. guest segment of the podcast jason is going to introduce our guests for all you wonderful listeners oh hell yeah and i'm totally excited to have these guys back on brian you know this is one of my favorite bands from from you know my high school days until now we got these guys back on i know pat's been on a couple times since tim has been on one other time before but from the great junkyard out of hollywood california pat mazingo tim mosher how you guys doing hello good to be back What's it's up, guys? Nice to be back. Tim here. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us, gentlemen. Thank you for Glad to have on. you back. Last time Pat was on, it was a very somber occasion because we had you on. Yeah, right after um, Charlie right Watts. Clay died. Charlie Watts. Oh, yeah. Oh, Charlie Watts. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. so you were part death. of our Charlie Watts tribute show now, so i'm now glad we're on right after gary rosington died yeah so. that's what yeah, i was going to say we should we're going to talk God. about that like right away didn't junkyard play some shows with skinner at different times uh, yeah a few a couple of times yeah <laughs> we did i i can't remember the amount of shows but i think we were gone for about two and a half about two months opening up for them um 
in uh, 91. July, yeah, 91, the yeah. uh, summer of 91. So it was like, a, you know, June, July, and August or something like that. I wasn't I in the remember. band yet, but I came and saw Little Caesar was on that show too. They played like oh, the uh, that's right, yeah, amphitheater down in Orange County. Yeah. And I remember I came down early and everyone was like, come down, hang out, it'll be fun. And so they had an, it was nice restrooms in those places. Which where we did the um, Tat House thing and the Hair Nation show. That's where it's those kind of places. But yeah. there's only three bands. And I have one Gay Rosten story that I call now is, I guess, the time to tell it. Tell and it. we're sitting in the dressing room <laughs> and um, we're kind of sipping beers or whatever. And <laughs> he just appears in the door, but full, in full he wasn't like in shorts like Dave before a gig. He like had the look. He like had cowboy boots on, the hat, the whole fucking thing. And as I recall, he kind of he looks in. He kind of sees uh, sees what's going on. Like and we were intimidated by him, of course. I wasn't. I don't know. They they'd been on the road with them for a long time. And he kind of says, "How you boys doing?" And we're like, "Oh, we're good, man. Great." And I remember he walks over to the. Junkyard used to get a fifth of Jack Daniels on their rider then, as I fix like that, a fifth of something. something he walks yeah. over the table, grabs the Jack, the whole fifth of Jack Daniels, kind of looks around, looks over his shoulder, looks back, and it starts walking out. And there was like one of those big log plastic trash cans that they have in a dressing room. And just for good measure, just kicks the trash can over and all the trash can <laughs> walks out. <laughs> Didn't say a fucking thing. I'm like, well, okay, Jerry oh. there you go. Just, that's just, do you remember that? Wow. He was an odd guy. He was, uh, you know, because we would show up, a lot of those shows that we played with him, um, we didn't have hotels. You know, we would just wake up and we'd be at this, you know, it, you know, it, it didn't suck waking up in a nice venue, like a Blockbuster Pavilion or whatever. Showers. Where, yeah. you, you know, nice showers, a uh, nice bathroom and stuff. So, you know, our routine is to basically wake up every morning, figure out where the fuck we are, figure out where catering is so we can get coffee. And there's Gary always there catering, you know, you know holding court or whatever. And uh, a couple of times went down there and I sat one-on-one -on -one across from him. And he just looked at me. He's like, you guys have a couple of good songs last night. I'm like, really? A couple of good songs? He goes, I don't listen to you guys. <laughs> and he just like, goes back to eating. And I'm like, and I'm like, I go, I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or he goes, take it as a compliment. I love you guys. I'm like, Oh, all right, whatever. I'm like, he's like, I'm eating now. I'm like, all right. Like, all right leave me alone. Fuck. I'm eating. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. When I'm eating. <laughs> when you get like a bill with Skinner. Yeah. Is that something like the label puts together, like management Skinner and somebody in Skinner likes you? How does that come about? Fuck. That's a good question. God. Um, I want to say that was a, management thing because our manager yeah. at the time was a pretty kind of a he had man he also managed uh he co-managed acdc at the time which was one of the reasons why we signed with him and then of course we uh i think the day after we signed with him we're like yeah so when do, when do we get those acdc dates he goes well i don't like to mix my bands and we're like we signed with you because of ac uh fuck it whatever <laughs> but that i think it was low skinnered that was the first yeah. that was the first reunion tour that was, that was the yeah the, the very first one the very yeah, so it was, uh, that was a the big first, deal it was a yeah. big deal you know. but I think that was manager uh, their manager and our manager knowing each other and uh, it was kind of like one of those things where our manager was it, it was a no brainer you know kind of thing for all managers so we just we didn't know how how it went down we were just happy as hell 
did it confuse people? So that's that's a good bill. But you guys have a song called Simple Man, and of course, Skinner. Like, is there is there a is there a Simple Man off? <laughs> <laughs> there should have been. Yeah. I mean, they'd win, but it would have been interesting. You guys should have figured out like the end of the night how to get on stage, and you guys all like you know do a medley of like Simple Man. Well, it would, so it would be like Scott Pilgrim or something where I'd be facing off against Artemis Pye and we'd be yeah. like, ah, well, I'd win that one. But uh, <laughs> but again, he's crazy. No, you know what? I think on that run, I, I want to say we didn't do Simple Man uh, when we opened really? up for them. Yeah. Uh, Just I, for confusion's sure. sake or, yeah. or what? I mean, that was a single for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh God, what was the, I, I want to say the judgment call on that was we replaced Simple Man with Clean the Dirt because of the new album that we were pushing or it could have been slipping away because we did do slipping away on that okay. uh on that run even though it didn't sound great with the keyboards but you know i it's hard to say i mean i i wish somebody had video of uh at least one show back then because it'd be interesting to see like you know what the set list was and you know if we played it well i don't know <laughs> tim did they play it well because it sounds like you were probably paying attention I was probably half in the bag by the time. They yeah, were. he was drunk. <laughs> he was handed Baker an untuned guitar. Like, I like it, Pat. You want right to it? No doubt, Tim was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd seen them a lot, so I wasn't, you know, necessarily. One time they brought me as a roadie, like a guitar tech for something. Um, it was like a cat house thing. And they flew us, flew us all out to Arizona. And Baker's like, why don't you just come in guitar tech? I'm like, I don't know how to do guitar tech. He's like, oh, all the gears there, just, you know, if you give me a hand tuning guitar, I was like, I manage, I think I can manage that. It was the rowdiest trip. I mean, it was one of the rowdiest trips there. Shannon Hoon was on the plane. He was still working oh. for Ricky then. It was just yeah. nuts. He rented out a whole hotel and there was the part, the after party. It was just, I can't even tell you how ridiculous it was. Well, so they announced the, like, what her. room at the after party. I mean, from the stage, somebody announced like what room we were in or something like that and the uh, address. So basically, the, you, then you just went poof to poof. <laughs> Ricky had his guys. I don't know if you know any of them, but he had his guys who worked for him. And a lot of them looked like ex-football player types, you know what I mean? But they're in their cat house gear. And it was one of those hotels in Arizona where there's like, like two wings of the hotel and then like kind of grassy patch in the middle, like almost like a field, but not very big, like a palm tree or two, that kind of a thing. And so everyone comes to this hotel. You don't have to walk through the lobby. You can walk right into the hotel, you know, to this area of the wings of the hotel. And he, someone had announced on stage after the show, like there's a party at whatever the Radisson, you know, who's what's he in Scottsdale, whatever. It could have been, it could have been Rackman himself. It could have been Rackman. <laughs> and we get there and I gotta say, Pat, there was easily 300 people just milling oh, yeah, in yeah. the area. It was it was packed. It was packed. I, had to, I had to cut through people. And it, was just, my fucking room. it was just the cat house folks, which was like six or eight guys, the junkyard folks. Was anyone else on the bill? Was a little right a bucket on the bill? Someone, maybe someone else. No, it was, it was I, just I, there may have, I think it was local TBA. No, I think it was just us. It was and the place was after the gold rush, I think was the name of it. Yeah, like that the was right, after the gold rush. And Western so like, style. this party's going on. It's all outside. I cannot believe the cops didn't come or anything like that. Anyway, <laughs> at a certain point, one of Ricky's guys gets up on like a fuck, you know, on a up loud and says on a step and says, all the chicks can stay. All the guys have got to go. And he's <laughs> all the guys. Unless you're in junkyard or with cat house, all the guys have to go. And so they left and it was like 200 girls and 10 guys like it was like bizarre. 
and it, you know, it was like it was like fish in a barrel or some such thing. It was just ridiculous. Anyway, and when that happened, playing it was like the, the show, the Brian goes, "Give me my guitar," and I hand it to him, and I guess I was trying to tune it, and he takes like one look at the chord, and it's like tuned to C. <laughs> He's like, you're fucking fired, you know? <laughs> you're fired. And finally, Gates just came over and took us, let me do these fucking things. You know? Did they, did, they, oh, did you guys tune to alternate tunings? Was everything like- No, in... it was simple as a fucking winding a watch. I couldn't manage it. <laughs> oh, when you're like- Because Tim was drunk. I mean, it I wasn't happens. there to work. I was there to engage. No festivities like everybody else i just didn't <laughs> you guys, do a set they were probably as drunk as me let's be honest oh yeah yeah, yeah i mean the band was as drunk as i was god more than that yeah, so, I mean, I, actually were you there we 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 ended up going in there a day early didn't we and they took us yes. out around the town we went yes. to like tgif and it was like, right oh, they boy. took us around the town like the, the shitty titty and everything yeah <laughs> oh. oh yeah we walk in it was like all the girls immediately like uh, no they don't have nope. any money we're going the other They're way <laughs> i was right the band. I no money yeah yeah <laughs> did oh, you guys God. i mean were you in with rockman and the cat house and all that when you were going i mean you were in probably in the hollywood yeah. scene i'm sure yeah well, like whiskey oh, yeah. and all that yeah he treated he treated us he treated all of us really well back then and uh, I, I I knew them for a while before that like from the punk rock days and skateboarding days but uh, he was always very good about uh, God Tim I mean like it, I can't remember like a and I don't want to put down like a, a local band or whatever but like like the opening 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 band at the teaser is on the list of Cat House. That's the way Rackman was very generous when he would do that and then there was nights where he'd be like fuck you you can't come in it was like well why not. Well, because some band called Stone Temple Pilots bought out the, you know, cat house mm. for the night. And it was like, oh, yeah. okay. At that point, I, at that point, everybody understood. It's like, oh, that's corporate. Fuck yeah. You know, initially but, uh, it was, initially the cat house was, there was never a band. I mean, yeah, occasionally right, yeah. there was like special things, but there really wasn't bands, which is sort of the reason we liked it. Like our favorite club was probably Scream because the yeah. music was, the bands were the best. But, you know, we saw bands almost every single night. So the one place you could go where there weren't going to be any bands was Cat House, believe yeah. it or not. And that so was like, in a sense, it was, you know, like an off night, like, oh, no live music, yeah. just like, oh, a little bit you. quieter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the DJs was like, you know, yeah. but, and it was always a very entertaining spot. I mean, the, you know, you can hmm. factor in your version of entertaining, um, but it was, there was always something to see, you know, it was always like something going on there. I don't think we missed many nights of that or scream or I mean, we didn't miss many nights of anything. We were out every single fucking night, every night. I think the only nights we weren't out were probably night. Friday, Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah, Friday, Saturday we, were night. either, we were, we were either, either playing or we just would, or we wouldn't go out, you know? Yeah. We wouldn't go to the clubs. We go to like yeah. a local bar and just be mellow. Yeah. That was the yeah. night off. It's like a little yeah. bit of hanging. <laughs> You it was know. premature old men. <laughs> yeah. like, like the, I remember the Jet Boy guys always having parties on their, at their yeah, place. Yeah. Jet Boy, yeah. man, that's yeah, they had great. Yeah. They had a big apartment. They had a big apartment party. You know, that's how I got to know Sammy Offa, which was always great. I love Sammy Offa, and I met him through yeah. those parties. Yeah. Was was go. the Starwood still around then? I no. I missed it. Pat no. probably saw it, but I never was I there. Went, I went there once um, and uh, I was a young skater kid. And I think it was maybe the second punk rock show that I went to. And I want to say the show that I went to was uh, 
like Martha and the Muffins, which nobody would probably remember, I, but I, I, I went in for about five minutes and I turned the fucking walk back, back out because it was like, <laughs> oh, this is hard. This this is, you know, this isn't like a local VFW punk rock uh, place. This is hardcore. And, uh, you know, so I just got the fuck right back out there, hopped on the bus and went home. But <laughs> it was, it smelled, it, it, it sucked. It was a terrible venue. It's, you know, it stunk and sound was pretty good but uh you know but that i think that went i think it closed down in what 1980 i think they got popped. it was later actually dude it was, was it 86 yeah oh shit, i just it missed it long. i got there in 86 and it closed like six months before or something like that but, you know we didn't really populate that side of town like i don't think pat or i ever played the whiskey or the roxy till we were headliners we never did pay to play shows we didn't have any money we never did them, yeah no. we never did them I mean, I think Guns N' Roses did a few, which is insane because you know they never sold their tickets. They were just too right. But, um, you know, we we never played Troubadour was a pay to play. We never played those places, even in my band previous, when I was in Broken Glass before Junker. I played the whiskey the first time as a headliner, you know, because hmm. we got popular enough to do it. Otherwise, we just didn't do it. We didn't. First of all, we didn't believe in it. And second mm -hmm. of all, we didn't have any money to do it. We didn't know yeah. anybody. I was just here. I'm like, I knew like eight people and four of them were in fucking junkyard. So it's not a big draw. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. it, it took a while to build a following. And you, the only way you can do that is playing shitty nights at the, at the cool club and then slowly building your following. And then people like junkyard give you an opening slot and you get exposed and on down the line, the hangman gave me one of my biggest breaks too. When I got, yeah. I replaced the hangman at a show, believe it or not, Brian got ill. We'll say and I, oh, and I broken glass replaced them and that changed the whole thing for us we got in front of because they could fill the screen and they, yeah, they could it, and yeah. we went from the opener to the headliner just because out of default and from that day on that club screen was so popular and the scene was so powerful then we had a following and we went from being like a middle of the pack wednesday night band to headlining scream on a friday night or club lingerie on a friday night and that was those were the prestige gigs and then the whiskey starts calling you Saying we'll give yeah. you a guarantee if you come and play here, and we'll stick local, we'll stick other bands underneath you. I'm like, if you're going to pay me to play, I'll obviously I've been a junkie a while. We'll turn up almost fucking anywhere. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I was like, you're going to pay our pay the guarantee. I'll play, but we never paid to play, never. Yeah, no. When you guys say pay to play, what does that actually mean? Well, I mean it's uh, well, I mean once you once you decide you're going to be a musician you are mm -hmm. you for for the rest of your life you're paying to play whether it's a backache or whatever <laughs> but uh uh but no it's basically what it is it's a ticket count so you get a you get a headliner insert headliner that can draw you know 200 people then you yeah. get local bands uh anywhere between 200 to, to 1500 to play below to, and they have to sell a bunch of tickets and they don't get, I don't know how they get paid or if they get paid. I never went into that deep of a dive, but I just know that there's certain tiers. Like if somebody wants to open up for, uh, say, I, I'm just going to throw Buck Cherry out there at the whiskey. Like we couldn't afford to pay to play to open for Buck Cherry. It'd probably yeah. be like a $5,000 Thing. It's like if you but want the direct support slot, you have to guarantee sell this many tickets. Okay, yeah. the tickets. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it's you're buying tickets, yeah. 300 tickets. Now, you're buying the tickets whether or not you sell them or not. you got to buy the tickets. You're right. buying them up and front. Then you yeah. Sell. Yeah. So you become like, in essence, your own ticket broker. But you're gotcha. fronting the money or you have to pay them the money at the end of the night if you have for whatever right. you have. Oh, sold. I think you have to pay them. I want to say you have to pay them up front. Yeah, you do. You have to pay. Yeah. yeah. So, and back oh. in the day, 
back in the day, you didn't have to pay up front. You did, basically, you would show up. I was in a band that did a pay to play gig at the whiskey with Todd and the terrible band. But um, anyhow, they, we did a pay to play thing and they gave us 50 tickets to sell. And I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to fucking happen. So I show up and they're like, where's the tickets? Where's our money? I'm like, uh, we didn't sell any tickets and I don't have any money. And they're like, well, we're going to take you to court. I'm like, okay, sounds great. So I went to court and uh, we settled. We settled out of court for a dollar a month, a dollar a year. This was a uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills court. It was a, it was a promotion company called. Uh, what? Never mind. I'm not going to name their name. People Are you still paying that, that off? Fuck no. I never paid him a dollar. God. <laughs> I was like, I'm guilty. I didn't sell him. I could give a fuck. And they're like, you okay? How much can you afford? A dollar a year. Done. You know, gavel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people's core i walked out and there was a uh, doug llewellyn uh, you know interviewing me and <laughs> so pat <laughs> so you, how does it feel about owing a dollar a year yeah it's, well it's, i feel great i love it <laughs> thanks doug <laughs> where's my case of uh, metamucil <laughs> <laughs> so so before we get into why you guys are on here because you got some really cool stuff happening happening soon i want to bring up one thing um, I, I saw somewhere relatively recently, and I think within the last six, eight months, uh, you guys MTV hosted or did something with you guys for your second album release for six to seven and nines. There was like an album release party and somebody put it on YouTube. I don't know if you guys, or I caught it from we somebody did. else. Yeah. You did. Okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We got, we, I had the uh, footage laying around and I digitized it, uh, years ago and, uh, it's terrible quality, but you know, the points for the point gets across, but, uh, um going back to the pay to play thing um yeah. now we didn't we didn't pay for that party but somebody else did so anyhow it was a fun party <laughs> and where it says live tickets, uh, oh yeah they paid uh they paid yeah. through the nose for that party uh, hence we did as well but uh it was it was uh it was supposed to be a live uh remote shoot and i want to say rackman was in dc for something and he couldn't do it so we faked like it was live. So it was all it was all done like two when it aired. It was uh two there was a two week span be, between it airing, but um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a great party. They they did it up, they did it up old Hollywood right. You know, gambling motif, uh, open bar. Um, uh, I I rolled out of there. I could barely remember what the hell happened. <laughs> I got pictures then. of Tim. <laughs> I got pictures. I was of there. Tim yeah. on my table. I was there. <laughs> Yeah. there's a great picture of tim actually there's uh me and baker and todd are like holding the mtv uh uh microphone or whatever and there's tim is over baker's shoulder like this like okay <clears throat> i'm gonna take your place motherfucker <laughs> it's kind of funny just the way it's like hey man <laughs> i'm gonna have to rewatch that for sure all right you guys have some really cool stuff coming up. You got an anniversary. There's some there's some nice events happening. And why don't you guys tell us what is what is going on here in the next couple of weeks and what's going on in the next couple of months? You gotta take the first part, Tim. Well, um, where do I start? As David just put it, we're doing a tribute band to ourselves, which is sort of not true, but um, I mean, except sort of tribute are, bands get paid a lot more. Yeah, our tribute <laughs> band would do better. Um, we are just we our last run, which was a, almost a year and a half ago now, we uh, the ended in Texas and we one of the last shows, second last show, we Chris came in and played with us mm -hmm. at, in Austin. And we hadn't seen. Well, maybe not seen. But we hadn't played with Chris in a long time. I'm, yeah. I, I don't know really know what the year is. because I'm shit with time. But I, it was a decade. 
Pat, it, it was it was uh, the last time that we had played with Chris was uh, before Chris kind of went on his hiatus and did a solo thing was 2009 over in uh, Europe. All right. So over uh, in it. Yeah, it's been a minute, we'll say. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So he came and we asked him just to come down and sit in and it was really fun. He did like, yeah. I mean, some was up was on YouTube and places like that. He did, you know, four or five songs and it was really fun. And um it was nice to have him back, of course, and people yeah. liked seeing it, and it, it gelled very quickly, obviously. I mean, we, I, Chris and I played together as the two guitar players for, I don't know, a decade, something like that? At least, yeah, time. from from probably, what, from 2000, 2000 until, to then. To, to, until 10, then, yeah. 10 years, and that's, yeah. we did a half a dozen tours in that amount of time of stuff, a couple of Europe's and all that stuff. So we always, we had played together a lot anyway, so it kind of gelled really easy, and and then we were coming back to do, I don't know what, someone a promoter kind of reached out to us about maybe playing in san francisco and a couple other things and we hadn't played in a while for a lot of other reasons but i was like okay this might be kind of fun to do and i thought it was fun with chris and i thought you know i mean it wasn't really my idea i think this idea had sort of been floated before like we, we were floating this idea for a bit you know years it was sort of in yeah. the ether but once chris was back and it made a lot of sense i said well then let's do the first album in order in its entirety because like you know aerosmith does toys in the attic and mm -hmm. you know it's like a thing i go punk bands the black do it money maker yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Track, yeah. Thinking, right there you go and so it's it's not an original thought i've never claimed to have one of those but um <laughs> i thought it would we all thought it'd be fun it would be a good way to get chris back in there and come out and do some shows kind of as to see you know like it as it is now we're doing a handful of shows so we're starting mm -hmm. at san diego on the 23rd at brick by brick the 24th, we're at the Viper, our clubhouse in, in Hollywood. These are all with Little Caesar, by the way, these first four. Yeah. And then uh, the 25th, we're at the bottom of the hill in San Francisco. And in that one, we're doing the actual meet and greet, which is going to be actually kind of a, we haven't done a meet and greet of this level, I think, ever. And we're going to play well, a few songs yeah. acoustic. Um, our buddy, Ace Von Johnson from Ellie Guns, yeah. is going to be in town, and he's going to be our MC slash comper slash DJ. He's going to DJ. So that starts before our show. And that one's great. We're going to play some songs. It's like an open bar. It's like a really cool thing. And um, yeah, because a lot of times our friends, our fans will travel to a city and I will be milling around at five o'clock. What, what do we do? I'm like, yeah. so this, I go, this is a great idea. People want something to do before we play at nine or whatever we're going to play at. So we're doing that. We're going to do a few acoustic songs there. So if you buy the meet and greet, you get that. We do the bottom of the hill. And then we truck back down south and we're playing uh, South Bay Customs, which is in El Segundo, which they call the South Bay out here in L.A. And um, it's a cool little spot. Actually, Gilby just played there and a bunch of they've, he's been they having more bands there. And it's a, obviously a bike shop of sorts, but it's a very posh one. And then yeah. we're going on the cruise, just the um, uh, me and Pat and, and Todd and David, of course, and Jimmy, no Chris on those. We'll probably do a bit of um, both because we play twice. We'll do um, the new model and then we'll probably run through the first album thing and some portion of it. Um, and then we pretty do, pretty much we do the first album anyways. The only we do I a lot of it. it. We we alternate, you know, three or four songs here and there. And there's only one. There's a there's a few songs that we we have not ever done live in this lineup from the first album. So yeah, actually, true. since 1992. Yeah. You know, and we're also, songs, so. and then you will, with with Chris back, we'll be able to add in um, we'll add in some uh, near misses from six to sevens and nines. So we'll do a yeah. handful of that to kind of to wrap it up. So you get a, it's not just, I mean, if we we're just doing that album, it wouldn't be enough. So then we had to do the stuff, you know, your uh, 
you know, Misery Love Company thing mm-hmm. type things from the second album, yeah. the four or five from yeah. that. So you'll get a full show. And then we're going to come back from the boat at the end of early May, Cinco de Mayo, we're in Austin City Limits, ACL yeah. 310. Um, that'll be kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be recorded for a live album and maybe a DVD. Oh, ooh. a lot of the stuff's being talked about is like, yeah, we're yeah, we're trying to record everything. We're going to try to record, record as much as possible. Blown yeah. live album out of it, and then we go to Dallas. I think the venue just changed, and that is on the sixth, seventh. We're back down at Cooters to our friend Will's place, um, and um, and that's it for now. But considering we haven't done shit for a long time, <laughs> yeah, a lot of activity. Stupid <laughs> COVID. COVID. Yeah, we haven't. The only thing we've done is a lot of flashback Fridays and throwback Thursdays and racking our brains and trying to figure out all that shit, you know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> to keep like people in, you know, people's minds open to us. No, we haven't, we haven't, you know, I I think David is semi-joking. He says we're a tribute band to ourselves. It's not like that we permanently want to regress like that. That's not the idea. I just thought it was a good time to kind of, you know, like we're all here. We're all still happy and talking to each other. If we're going to do it, this seemed like a good time to kind of put a bow on that. You know, Chris's involvement is a, is a, is a net gain, you know, and Mm -hmm. he can, he can do his bits as he sees fit, as he sees fit. He's got a full life running as we all do. So we take things in a slightly different angle. You know, there is still talk about a new album, we still have a record deal. Mm. You know, I'm sure they're wondering where to hear from us at some point. Yeah, right. There are, there are where are those fucking guys? No, I did hear that there is rumors of a, a high water vinyl reissue finally. So those people have been waiting on that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I saw it on uh, Discogs for 300 bucks and I sent them a label like, God, we got to, we got to under, we got to undercut these, these fucking prices. That's absurd. So that's, it's, that's it's insane when you, it's insane yeah. when you can't afford your own fucking album. Yeah, no, right. I, like, yeah. as I, I mean, fuck, I love I really you guys, but I, not enough for three hundred bucks, guys. Sorry, it's a loss. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so there's still talk about a new record. I know we've said that for a while, but you know, yeah. we had to. Uh, we were on a an enforced hiatus, partially on my part. It's not really worth talking about, but it was. I had family had health issues. I mean, I think everyone can relate to that these days, and mm-hmm. I had yeah. to button that up. I wasn't going anywhere and doing anything for the last almost year, but that's coming to an end. And all is all is turning out to be well, so we can get back after it and try and have some laughs, which I think we're all up for these days. You know what I mean? Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, you know, a lot of people probably, you know, we we published these dates, the California dates and the mm-hmm. Texas dates and the cruise and everything like that. Everybody's out. They, everybody always asks, you know, well, what well, you know, what about my city? What about my city? What about my city? We, we all understand that. We hear it. And I have a running spreadsheet of every time somebody says my city, my city, it's like, you know, I plug it in. But um, we're at this point right now where, you know, this is a this is a this is something new for us. It's a we've we've messed with it for a little bit as a six piece band. I mean, it's you're adding an extra person onto this. So we'll see what happens after these dates. I mean, you know, like like Tim said, um, Chris is. Chris has an open invitation to come and go as he pleases. So, but what what happens after Texas, we'll see how it actually works. I mean, it may flop. We don't, you know, it, nothing's guaranteed. So. I think we all know that. But I think, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I always, it the logistics of getting the five of us schedules and now it's the six of us into <laughs> a string of cities over a weekend between all of the things we have to do and the, you know, 
as most people have heard of the financials about being this level of a touring band have gotten even tighter and they were already tighter than fucking you know nun's ass i mean they were fucking it's it was always we left that we lived on a very thin margin at all times yeah and i think about you know we we did our last run i was talking about this and it was right when omicron was like kind of just like it was booked like everything's gonna be fine and the omicron rears up that's how long ago it was it feels like a lifetime ago it wasn't that long ago right and then here we are in like cleveland going like if one of us gets sick we got eight more shows and what the fuck do we do you know like we it's not like we'll just roll it into the you know to the next you know it all comes out in the wash like no we're the wash you know we're washed up you know so there is the you know obviously things have mellowed in the and the environment for doing it makes it less stressful in that way because the last tour was stressful and it was the the business model has changed a bunch for us and uh, we have to adjust to that and the risks are higher in all facets financially and obviously physically so we got through that run and had some amazing shows but sometimes some times you're just like oh shit and i don't blame people that was when it was gnarly it was still pretty gnarly i don't think it's not coming out it's like yeah um now i do blame them for not coming out you gotta come that's out. right whoever yeah. wants to come back you gotta come out now you know we've all, we've all gotten in and survived or have it sadly yes. it is what it is it's time to like we're going out and playing we would love to come out and see everybody but it is complicated logistically for us the fact yeah. that we're willing to go doesn't change the actual numbers on the ground and you know people don't turn up I, we're very much like if people show up, great, we'll keep it going. But you know, and I'm not saying it's you know it's not blackmail, but it is like we have to, <laughs> we, you know, we have to somehow make the the math work. You know, you, can't, so. you guys don't want to lose money off anything. It's no, not worth it. no, it's yeah, not. Yeah. You know, it's it's physically demanding. I know people think that's insane, but it is. It's demanding. Oh shit, man! Yeah. yeah. Fuck! I mean, the average age of this band is 170. I mean, lifting up a <laughs> snare drum is going to break somebody's fucking back. <laughs> Which is the reason we want to do it now. Like, well, here we are. Let's do it now while we're semi-young. I'm right. semi-cognitive. You know You're I mean? walking at least, and you know, upright. Wounded. Yeah, yeah, we're all doing pretty good. So I think that's yeah. a good that's a good sign. And hopefully, we keep yeah. doing fine and keep at it. So, so it's exciting to get back. You know, I mean, that's why we're talking. We thought we'd let people know we're still alive, alive and well, well-ish. But you know, we're doing we're here. So. <laughs> So m- most of these shows are going to have three guitars, right? Like all yeah, shows, you except Jimmy for the boat. Chris. Yeah, the boat shows are just me and, and Jimmy James. But um, though we usually seem to have friends sit in, um, it's uh, it's the three of us. Yeah. Does, so so does that does that add like another guitar part in the songs? Or are we doubling up? Was there stuff on the record that was overdubbed that? I plan to just phone it in and give Chris all his fucking soul. Honestly, Tim's honest. I'll play strums and chords. Let everybody else do the work. Play like, some power chords and pounce about like a little like a Nancy boy. Don't is there any way we it. can? Is there any way we can get the original drummer Johnny Hell back so I can just play percussion and just say fuck it? Yeah. I'll go get drinks. Fuck it. Get a tambourine. <laughs> fuck don't, yeah. Cowbell, doing. I'll start blowing my scene, man. I'm I'm ready for a light workout, you know. You lucky fucker. <laughs> Plenty of heavy lifting to go around. Usually, I'm like, Chris is up for it. He can have all his chores back. Yeah, right. <laughs> will, will it create a jam in there somewhere where you guys are all trading off licks? So. Yeah, we actually yeah. it's going one of those. Yeah, that was yeah. actually pretty. That was actually my favorite bit. There'll be plenty of like 
you know, uh, intertwinings that the, the ancient art of weaving will start to, it will, it will, there'll be plenty of that because I, I, I think, talk, a big, I talk a big game, but in the end, I want to fucking play. So I'll get, we'll, yeah. we'll, we're going to, they're going to find ways and we'll, we'll, there's way we were, we fell into it initially when we, when he sat in instantly, we were already oh, doing it. Oh, it was, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so. we, we only did a couple of sound check songs and then, uh, I mean, Texas, it's Texas is going to have a probably, you know, 365 day breakdown. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, 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 lost it, lost in the, oh shit, did I say that? Never mind. Um, we're not doing Lost in the City because that's from the uh, six to seven signs, technically. But uh, no, our breakdown. So the first album is 32 minutes long, but somehow I see our set being about an hour. And that's mm. just by adding three minutes, uh, an extra yeah. 20 minutes of six to seven is nine. A lot of jamming. There's going to be. Yeah. I, I'm, I'd imagine Simple Man is. Uh, <laughs> it's going <laughs> to. People are going to be going to the bar and then coming back and going to the bar. They'll be able to get three rounds by the time they will be done with the solo. But um, for us, it's. I mean, who cares? Right? I just want to get up there and play. And for the long, I'll play for two hours. I don't care. You know, it's just fun. So we'll get there. We'll get after it. I know us. You know what I mean? So yeah. We're not big on phoning shit in. We really aren't. We're one of the least phoned in bands of all time, I have to say, without patting yeah. myself too hard on the back. But, <laughs> you know, by hook or by crook, shitty drive, shitty venue, shitty scene, whatever the fuck it is, shitty, you know, turnout is what it is. But, you know, we give people their, the ones that are there, they get their fucking money's worth. We make sure. Oh, yeah. That. So they're going to yeah. get that. If we got three guitars, we're going to make use of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, so going back to the show on the 25th, where you have your VIP meet and greet, the acoustic, thing, yes. and you got Ace. What Ace has known you guys for a long time. Like, what's your what's your relationship? How did all that start start with him? We just had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, I, oh. I watched that. Okay, good. you know how it happened, honestly, because he's younger than us. Because yeah, I think he's, he's younger is, than Brian and I too. Yeah, Dirt is younger than us, but. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, actually, Ricky Rackman, once again, yeah, we, was we it? did yeah. that big two-day event at um, uh, one night as at the Roxy and the next night at the Whiskey, and it was all the bands were on and out. Oh, right. 30th, 30th anniversary. anniversary thing, yeah. The yeah. actual thing. And so Ace was this pussycat then. And, yep. you know, we're kind of sort of in the wilderness. Like, we don't get out as much. Like, you don't see us on a lot of those kind of bills that often for whatever reason. Ricky always makes sure we're on, on those kind of things. But a lot of times, yeah. you know, we're not on M3 this year. You, you get the gist. Some, for some reason. It, yeah, why aren't you at M3? What the hell happened there? I guess we're an acquired taste. I have no idea. But um, <laughs> I mean, we didn't cover. We didn't. We didn't do a cover of Mr. Roboto or something. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they did. I think partially because we're on the boat and they almost conflict. I think that. Okay. Is part. Gotcha. I don't know yeah. the here. So um, I met him at that. No, I met him at that. We were there was really no soundcheck. Maybe one bounce band soundcheck. Yeah. It wasn't mm -hmm. us. And maybe it was Ace, maybe they sound checked. Anyway, he just walked up to me and started talking and introduced himself. And I said, Oh, I recognize you because we've been on in the same buildings. And we mm -hmm. just and then we were on the boat together. We just stuck up a struck up a friendship, you know. Um, and now I talk to him all the time. I was texting him right before I got on with you. So um, and we just just over the years, and um, and then when we would play, he used to live in Hollywood, and then mm -hmm. When we used to play when we play Hollywood. I'd always ask him to, you know, he's a big fan. He loves, you know, it's fun to play. Yeah. 
So yeah. he would come and sit in with us there. And then we did that last run and he had moved to Nashville. And I was like, yeah, we got to play Nashville. Where's a cool spot? Because I hate playing the shitty spot. You know, we always seem to get, sometimes you get the shitty spot out in the, mm-hmm. in the mini mall somewhere, which is fine. Mini malls can be good, but some are, are mm-hmm. you know, Nashville wanted to play somewhere cool. And yeah, it's he said, this is my local, <laughs> this is the spot. And it ended up being a fucking, the, the right spot. And he sat yeah. on the stair. And so he's, he's just been a, a buddy of ours for a long time, a long yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time ago now, but yeah. I had a long conversation with him and uh, put it this way. Anybody who has to put up with Dwayne Peters uh, is aces in my book. <laughs> so to yeah, say. we had that in common too. He has that, all that punk rock <laughs> oh, stuff. Guys. So we, we go deep on the punk rock stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah punk he's for a sure. punker at heart, you know, and, and from well, career-wise too. He started in that yeah. career. So, but, um, so it's, there's, we have a lot, we end up having a lot of common ground despite him being much younger, better looking than us. So, <laughs> younger. Don't tell him that. I won't. Right. I won't I'm psyched he's coming out for this. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, be good to see I, him. I was, yeah. I was thrilled. I was like, wow, what a cool thing! And you know, he gets to come and hang, and you know, because it's fun when you're not like if he was in Hollywood. If he comes to Hollywood show, we're playing. Hollywood shows are intense. Like it's sort of like a family reunion all the time. So it mm-hmm. can be kind of intense. So you don't get a chance to really talk to anybody. You, everyone's there. You don't talk to any of them, it seems like. But like San Francisco, it's like, we'll be, you know, there. And it's just that. And so um, uh, it's nice. And the, uh, the promoter brought it, is bringing them out. And they're tight, too, which I think it's just really cool. So it makes it really special for us, too, because, you know, we've done our fair share of meet and greets. But it's, you know, we hadn't even planned on doing them. But this kind of made a lot of, you know, he made it, the promoter who's doing it, who's also doing the show, um, he made it. So make it really fun and really of value. That's the other thing. You it's going to be like, really cool. I mean, you show up, you get one of these. Hey, you're yeah. signed by us. And uh, yeah. but um, you know, it, it's uh, we've done we've done the acoustic thing before. I think we did it on the last tour. We did it at, yeah, in we did Indianapolis. A show basically. But yeah. but this is this is something different because it's 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 really because there's going to be no drums or bass or anything like that. I mean, me and Todd are going to be at the bar. Well, I'll video, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I'll get them drinks. Waiting right? But I mean, yeah, it's your bartending it's, for everybody. We've got, yeah, they've been waiting tables. Shitty drinks tables. <laughs> yeah, so it's everyone. just so it's me and David and Chris are going to do it. Um, so that'll be fun too. A little bit, you know. Yeah. So they've been playing acoustic, the two of them in Austin a bit as well. So they they've yeah. got a they're pretty well on machine. I'll just kind of slide in there and do my bit. Yeah. Um, so it's that's gonna be, that's going to be cool. I I I, I meet and greets. I I I. I see the value in them, but it's nice when you can really add value to them. Like this mm-hmm. is, a, this is an experience. This will be an experience. Even if you didn't go to the actual show that would be worth your while. So right. that's, you know, I mean, it's going to be a I, really I like cool. With Ace our, there, I think most of our fans been, have met us. Like I want to say yeah. most have actually have already met us. So it's nice. We can give them really something, you know, a unique, you know, we, we all get a lot of requests for acoustic shows and like this. They're hard to do. It's, I mean, I know it sounds yeah. simple. It's like, just show up with some acoustic guitars. Like, no, but you're yeah. playing a club and it's hard to get you. You got six yeah. guitars on the plane. They don't even barely let you bring one. And well, you, know, you don't so. play it the same like you're doing an electric guitar. Like we, we do this acoustic porch fest every year. And like, we have to practice differently and play differently with doing it. It's that. a totally right, yeah. different animal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I play a lot of acoustic guitar and so does Chris by nature. I love playing acoustic guitar. So I, I really love it. You know, it's, it's really 
I'm really comfortable with that. So that's it's not a one for one on the song, you know. If you're used to playing electric rock, like it's not you're not no, doing it's the a same whole thing. different animal. It is yeah, a right. whole different animal. So, and you know, but we've done a bit of it over the years, and so I feel confident that it's going to sound great. You know, I mean, we have good acoustic based songs too. You know, if you yeah. get to play Simple Man in any set, you're you're pretty you're doing pretty well anyway. And acoustic, it's a song that works great as a big yeah thing, big anthem, but also is a great little simple country rock song too on acoustic you know and most of the most junkyard songs really do translate well shit we played blues acoustic and it like worked. well yeah, <laughs> yeah we did I mean, that's right <laughs> so much your stuff <laughs> is blues based and very southern rocky so it does move like hands off or some other ones are really yeah, probably yeah. work really well acoustic yeah it's not you know it's the songs aren't built on you know histrionics they're built on like pretty simple construction good lyrics you know. theory you know attitudinally yeah, well, change different by the volume and all the things that the distortion but the core of those songs like most people say any really good song you should be able to sit down a fucking guitar and just play it simple yeah. It. yeah so For sure i mean you know your punk I'm, your punk root show and your blues root show and yeah, all that stuff, because it yeah. is yeah yeah the whole event's going to be pretty cool i mean it's uh it's really going to be kind of like uh if, I mean, like Tim said earlier, I mean, the meet and greets are kind of sometimes they're, they're hectic because they're we do we used to do a lot of sound check meet and greets. So we do a sound check and then we get off stage and blah, 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 you know, meet with them and then take pictures and sign with them. With this, it's like it's like, come on in when you can and we're going to show up and, and it's going to be very relaxed and low key, which is uh, which is going to be nice for all for the six of us. Yeah, wow, sometimes I worry that sometimes people feel like. You know, like when you go to a band sound check, their sound checks are kind of intimate. Like, you know, bands can mm -hmm. argue in sound checks, you know, yeah. and maybe it's, it, we're a bit performative when they're anyway, because we want to play the song well all the way through. Yeah. 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 Right. And, but it's also then it's like we want to get down to actually have time to talk and you get the bands that go on before you, they sound check after you. So there's yeah. always kind of that little bit of subtle, like, you know, drummers moving shit into this shot. I'm just like, can you just give us 10? <laughs> so I'm always drummer. Like, Hang on a second. Always a fucking drummer. Because we like to do it on the stage, with the backdrop and all that stuff. We don't have like a step and repeat that we bring with us. That's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is great because separate venue. It is a. It's a. It's a well-known yeah. brewery. You know, so. Yes, I've anchor. Anchor Bay, friends, right? I've anchor heard Bay that brewery. our fans enjoy a beverage. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not. I I price tickets to fly out there, but it's like eight hundred bucks. San Francisco, Sacramento, Oakland. Really? Like, uh, oh, oh my Jesus god, Christ. Columbus, Ohio. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not. Oh, I wanted to go so yeah. bad. I won, but I was like, eh. And the other nice thing is we got our boys, Little Caesar, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We haven't, we have last time we played the Viper, we were with them, but, you know, we've played with them a bunch, but it's always nice to see them. We'll be traveling together, so it's, you know. Yeah, you got 12 guys, 12 or what is it, 13 guys in a Sprinter van together. It's going to yeah. smell fantastic. Great. So. <laughs> You guys all better like fun. each other doing that. Yeah. Bring the axe spray. Oh, never we're not teenagers. <laughs> We've done enough dates together to know how to give each other their, our space. So, yeah. Yeah, so but we get along just fine. We've been yeah. A, a question so about kind of like you, you guys have a lot of stuff going on and it's, it's cool. You know, you got this Texas, you got the stuff in California. Are you seeing yourselves and other bands like you guys becoming more in demand? Because, I, you know, these nostalgic, like we'll call it this nostalgic sort of like, like yeah. the LA guns. You know, we just extreme announced a new record. Winger announced a new record. I saw yeah. a key for LA Guns and Pussycat last year, and it was amazing. Like, yeah, what are you guys seeing? I was encouraged by that. I mean, they're all yeah. good. I yeah. mean, 
I mean, I think that's one good one thing there. As we'll say, Kiefer, L.A. Guns, and 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 Fast Push get all versions of those bands now. Whatever the lineups are, are excellent, yeah. really mm -hmm. good. Yeah, like as good as they've ever been. You know, and oh, I L.A. Guns was crazy. Good. Like Phil Lewis sound like he did in '88. I was that's I can't like believe a, it. Yeah. Feels some fucking freaking nature. I don't know. How he he is. Yeah. he's a freak. <laughs> and Tracy's great. Tracy's in, yeah. well. He's obviously. You know, he's actually kind of underrated. It's kind of hard to believe. He I is agree. like a guitar hero in all sense of the words, but you don't hear him mention as much, but he's fucking awesome. And, I, you know, and, and the guys who play in Pussycat now are really great. Ronnie and Sam is a good buddy. Sam Bam, yeah. We've great. had Sam Bam on. Yep. And, you know, they, they they seem more dialed in than they have forever. And Kiefer has, yeah. and they have, all, those three bands have great catalogs. He's got, yeah, Kiefer's got Higby. Really and he... Like they can come out and play six or seven songs like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that one. Right. You know, and, well, and that's big and that's, there's that, but they're not like, I say, like, I don't think we phone in those guys will fucking phone it in. Those shows are real. The bands are current in the sense that. And they're fun. They all those seem connected and it fun. feels like a real band. Yeah. 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 Feels I mean, like a band. It's not like me and these guys. It feels like bands. And I think people right. respond to that. And that Kiefer, uh, Pussycat Ellie Guns tour just packed them in. So that, that yeah. was encouraging. I don't know if that's in our future, but you know, it's nice to see that people still go out to see or out to see it. Now that's a really strong bill. And maybe that's what the lesson is as well. You know, maybe we're bringing a little Caesar. Like you gotta bring, you gotta bring some friends. You know, it's nice to you have gotta them. curate it. You have to make yeah. sure if you're gonna if you're gonna like for a band like us, like for the opening acts that we've we've had the luxury, I should say to actually pick and choose where we've had little Caesar, we've had, uh, uh, we've had bucket, we've had, uh, you know, Circus my old power. band buggy, speed buggy, circus power, all yeah, these yeah. bands. I mean, we, we're, 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 we're uh, you know, it's a great thing for us to have at, you know, our fingertip. That being said, like what you're alluding to your, the question that you asked, it's going to be interesting to see for me, how like this monsters of rock cruise. Cause the last time yeah. we were on, it was uh, 2018 how 2018 and 2023 are attended because a lot of people, when they go on that cruise and stuff like that, I mean, these are hardcore fans. You gotta, you, you're, yeah. you're, you're putting up a mortgage fucking payment, you know, a down payment to a house to go on that yeah, boat. Man. Yep. And a lot of people, like when a lot of bands play on that cruise, you'll walk in, like I went to walk in on a band um, uh, and I'm not going to say the name of the band, but I walked in and I was like, Oh my God, there's like 35 people here. What the hell? But we got a sold out boat, but then you got all these other things. So it'll be interesting to see really if it's changed or if it stayed exactly the same, because if it stayed exactly the same, then everything that I just said is bullshit. And the cruise is basically a cool high school reunion, which we're down for. Of course. I mean, who wouldn't be wake up at six o'clock in the morning and see a bunch of people passed out in lawn chairs. Out on the deck, <laughs> roasting like lobsters. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, those seem to I be a big deal, man. Those those it's cruises. a fun, it's a fun as hell thing. You we get, I mean, God, it's uh it's it, we the drag is for us as a band, you only get to, you only play two days. Right. So that means you're only treated like royalty for two for two hours <laughs> out of the uh, five days that you're there. <laughs> the rest and of the we, time is yeah, go stand in line. But I mean, when no, we I, go out and play, we don't have days off i mean days off means right, we're yeah. done, you know yeah like, days off we're like what the fuck man <laughs> let's go home you know so it's weird yeah. to be like okay i mean i know we have other there are other activities they have us do and i i don't even know where we're playing yeah. when i don't know any of that stuff i don't even think about that because you just show up and yeah. do what, you, what they ask you to do i don't I mean you know but it is interesting to have all this time off you're just like 
Okay, I'm I'm in junkyard with nothing to do today, and that's an <laughs> it's like, place to be. Strange. When you're in junkyard, you either drop vacation, somewhere, or playing. When I'm doing junkyard, I'm doing something. It's, it's like hyperactive. You know, you're doing shit, and so it's very unusual. You're just like, hmm, okay, well, I'm not doing it's, it. It's some. It sometimes can be dangerous. Yes, you know, but it's yeah. I'm I, I'm you know. I, it's interesting because it is encouraging that all these you know, and this cruise has a great lineup too. It's DAD and. Uh, Rose Tattoo and you know of course Faster's on a few others of mm-hmm. perennials you know it's great but it's like it is an interesting lineup and I'm excited about that part especially like seeing bands that I love to see and one of the things that's been great for us is because I always see us as sort of maybe I'm just maybe it's I'm created this in my mind but sort of not outsiders but sort of always a little detached from a lot of that world like we didn't have a lot of friends in that world i'm not saying right. they didn't like this they probably we just didn't have a lot of interaction with a lot of our peers right. in that time period and getting on the boat and the m3s we started to actually make friends you know and that's a nice thing yeah. for us because it is nice having i guess colleagues or something, whatever you want to call them but it's nice to be able to walk up from the guy from band fill in the blank that we've done six things with and say oh hey how have you been how's the missus you know as poor as we'd just be standing like is that that guy from that thing do we know him like i don't think anyone knows us and you know we there's a lot of point in it. like i remember on that no, three damn, days, did we do point of like i know you from somewhere this and that and then next thing i know three days later i'm like bro dutying it out with the bass player from great white who's an amazing amazing individual yeah. i don't know what version of great white he's in but whatever right. that's what but happens he's a good dude. yeah yeah and we you know pina coladas whatever you know great I white, like hey, that part. fantastic I still, have, I still have friends i mean a lot of the guys i know from yeah years i met on that boat the first time because you're i mean you're really stuck together and yeah, the bands have a, a private dining room so that's actually really great too because you walk yep. in it's like oh it's docking and here they are and yep. you know it's not a weird time to go and finally maybe introduce yourself and extend yourself a bit because most musicians tend to be a bit shy and um you know and if you're going to be a fanboy that's the time to do it you know because in a sense they are your peers at that point and so um it's it's nice that way and i i like knowing guys who do this as well because one you learn a lot (laughs) they're good sources of information yeah, you know, we yeah. wouldn't be doing this like a lot of this. I think some we still get a lot of shows just from guys we know from bands that say sure. this is a cool thing you should do it. Or I right. mentioned you guys to this guy; he thinks you'd be great. So mm-hmm. much of this stuff is just kind of, you know, if it, it's a it's a group of folks who are into this kind of thing, and once you're sort of connected into it, it's a lot easier to make it go. And that's one of the good things about the relationships we built over the years. We didn't have those for a long time. I don't know why. Maybe we're assholes. I have no idea. I think but a lot more competition, it, you know? Yeah. I think what it comes down to, honestly, is Junkyard is is a very, I mean, it's, I mean, back in the day, you know, you have all these pitch phrases that the label would throw out there. It's like streetwise, gritty, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, we were back in the day. A lot of bands, I, I like to call them office-orientated bands, where they would have a hotline and all that shit. It's like, no, Junkyard never had that shit. It's like, it was all word of mouth. You want a free shirt? Here you go. You want a fucking sticker? Here you go. You want a beer? Well, I can't afford to buy it up, but maybe next year, <laughs> maybe next week or whatever. So Junkyard's a, yeah, it's, it's really word of mouth, underground, organic, where we never kind of broke into that, like, that next level, like, kind of just 
like we'll throw them on because they do the this number kind of like every a cult band, you know you know what i mean like a cult yeah. like a cult movie yeah. or show you're like a cult yeah. band we're not for everyone i'm glad yeah. about that you know what i mean no it's and, and i like it that i think yeah we all like it like that for sure yeah. you know I, I think once it jumps to that next level then it's like then some some of that that's not that's left on us since 1987 has been wiped off and at that point it's like nah we're done fuck and the good thing about not really about realizing where you are like you know we are an acquired taste or certain people dig it some people aren't going to get it certain people are fans of a certain style of the genre of this era don't dig it that's it gives us freedom because we're not really out there i mean we're never going to get them so let's just do what we want and right, if the yeah. people who dig us actually do dig us they'll generally follow us you know, yeah, so yeah. I think we've been luckier that way because, of, you know, I mean, are we slow to put out stuff? Sure. But is it ever shitty? No, yeah. it's always fucking top flight. You know, we've all we really spent a lot of time thinking about what the fuck we're going to do because we want it to be great for us. And I think that kind of attention to detail and, you know, whether it was High Water or The Last Single Lifer, those are things we mm -hmm. really were committed to. And if people yeah, come a lot off, of thought like, when I know. great, but there wasn't, none of this was, nothing is just thrown together on our end, especially musically. And so the fact that we know we have, we are an acquired taste, we have a certain kind of fan base and we have the fan base we have, we think we can go places that they will let us go because we have earned a bit of trust. Like these guys aren't yeah. full of shit. They're honest. If this is what they honestly want to do. Okay. I'm going to give it this. I'll, I'll listen. I'll give it a shot, you know? Right. Right. And not all of them love everything we do, but I think you couldn't argue that anything we do isn't authentic to us. Like right. it's really what we want to say and what we want to be at that moment, good, bad, or indifferent, you know? Yeah. And some of it hits bigger than others. Some things connect with people we don't know, you know, but high water blew us away that it connected at all. I mean, we put it yeah. out as, as a thing that we thought, at least I did is like, can we do this again? Like, is it, do we have something to fucking say? Can we be great? Can it be good? Can we do make an album almost as good as the first or second albums? If it's even discussed that it's as good as one of those two, we've been successful. That was my goal. I think that was probably right. just about everyone's goal. Like, and if people get into it, great. You know, when Faded came out first and started getting reaction, we were mm -hmm. stunned. You know, we're like, oh yeah, yeah. Pay attention to bands from our era with doing new shit. It just wasn't right. part of. The, it's not part of the brief. We don't really give a shit about that because we didn't want to, you know, we wanted to try and come out and say something new. And and High Water was really, that was, to me, the big goal when I was working on it, which I worked on it for fucking ever, um, to make it like, okay, someone could argue it's as good as one of the first two. Not right, win the right. argument. Music arguments are stupid. We all have them, but they're pointless because it's all subjective. Yeah. And But at least we could have an argument about it. And if yeah. we accomplish that, I thought it was a win, period. And I think, you know, the fact that we probably got some new fans from that. There are fans who that's their entry record. And they're like, oh, yeah. they have other albums? Like, to when I hear that, I'm like, win? Fuck you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, somebody told me that in Cle on that last run in Cleveland. They were like, I love Fade. I came in, I learned, you know, I got into you guys from Fade. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, you like the first album? He's like, what? You mean Fade? I'm like, no, the first album. <laughs> and, then he's like, and then he's like, wait a minute, what? And I'm like, I'm like, this first album, I'm bringing it up on this phone. Like, oh, I'm going to get it now. And I'm like, well, all right, there you go. <laughs> like, wow, that's strange. <laughs> and he was on top of it. The guy was like Ace's age. You know, he's like 
yeah. 23 or whatever Ace is. <laughs> I'm a little older, but yeah. But yeah. So yeah, so yeah and you're 33, whatever. And your so music think, and subject matter too, guys. It's like it's not embarrassing for you to play now, like some of the stuff maybe from your your era when you came out and the guys are playing. Like you know, the it, it still works and resonates. It's not you know, it's not silly. I guess we're not I singing guess, about sexy and seventeen and uh, our, our wait. No, that's a straight up. You said uh, it, not <laughs> me. <laughs> it's it's just 17. not. I mean, I think we all kind of felt when we were writing and he. We all kind of, even when I was a broken glass, we were all kind of trading in the same waters. We felt a lot of that ground was covered. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. thing had been done. And, and was we were all kind of like, well, okay, those guys do it great. Whatever that is, it's not what we're about. And it would have sound phony. And maybe some of those bands who sang about it were being phony. Maybe that's why it didn't connect. Who knows? But it's hard enough to get up on stage when you really believe in something and not feel like, wow, I'm really doing this sometimes. So you really fucking got to believe it because you got to go out and sell it every fucking night. And when you're starting out, you really fucking better believe in it because you yeah. really got to sell it. Cause then it was almost, it wasn't life or death, but it was like eat or not, you know, yeah. well, like you don't fucking get this thing across the finish line. You're not going to get a deal. You're not going to get the gig. You don't have any dosh and you're going back home, wherever the fuck that is. So yeah. that the desperation level thing was always high, but I think, maybe that sense of that is in the lyrics too. There is a certain desperation there, like a, like a, a needing, like a fucking, yeah. like a clawing, like mm -hmm. fucking do this thing. And it kind of resonates a lot of bands from that era. I think, I think appetite had it like this kind of like, yeah, yeah. this is it. Sure. Life or death. Yeah. Like, but they talked about what their lives were and maybe, yep. and, and that is a very punk ethic as well. And, and I think G oh, yeah. a lot of punk in and, all the guys in Junkyard, all of us, that's what we were raised on. And it was also the idea that write about what you kind of are into, what your life mm -hmm. is. Because it's, the, I, yeah. I, unless you're some fucking great poet who can extrapolate other things that you've never experienced, I can't. You know, <laughs> that's why David's a great lyricist. You know, he, had, yeah. he writes from the experience and puts his spin on it that is maybe poetic or true or, uh, and it's always honest, just, you know, depressing whatever the fucking energy is funny ironic all that kind of shit most people can relate to that you know there's no all good or all bad in life but you know right. and sometimes it's happening in the same song you know a really yeah. bad horrible oh, yeah. story can be really funny you know hands off yeah. you get right down to it yeah, I know. terrible story but it's a funny there's it's got humor in it yeah you know? it, it never the band never took itself too fucking seriously and i think that's also important you know yeah. we, there was always a bit of a you know, I mean, we, okay, we're into this, but it's, we're still up for having fun. You know, this isn't like, you know, we're, we're writing, we're not fucking changing the world here. We're just trying to change our world, you know? Right. You guys mentioned earlier, Little Caesar, and if I remember correctly, they came out right around the same time as you guys were you now bands that were like the antithesis to glam were, you know, getting paid attention to. And I know recently, I think Jason had told me that you guys were just on, Jason McMaster's podcast. So I'm going to ask you guys this right. first time around, but did you guys and Dangerous Toys like have a camaraderie at all, whether that's back then or now? So I feel I, like I always had you guys like grouped together and I saw you guys at the same time on Headbangers Ball. And oh, we toured, uh, we toured uh, <laughs> floor most of the South all the way 
uh, West with them in 1990. I want to say that was a, probably a three month tour. So we, um, I mean, prior to us going on the road in 1990, I had no idea who they were. Uh, and then we went on the road with them and instantly we became really good friends. All, all the guys, uh, Scott, uh, Jason, uh, God, uh, you know, I can't remember the other good, the guitar player's name that left, but yeah, we became all very tight. And so over the years we kept in touch, obviously with Jason. So that was. Also David and, we, and Jason went to high school together. That's right. Oh, yeah, no yeah. kidding. So they, okay. Yeah, yeah. They've known each other since forever. So they, there was always, that was just a weird coincidence that they both ended up doing this thing. He stayed in Austin and got a deal. David went to LA to get a deal, but they knew yeah. each other way back then. And if, I think and they were both dishwashers, right? Yeah, they worked at like a restaurant, <laughs> dishwasher. And he, we have broken, we've had broken teeth open for Junkyard a few times when we come through Texas. His mm. other band, which is fucking killer too. Yeah. Yeah, they're mm. great. Really good. And a funny story about Jason in particular is he was the inspiration, well, for a large part of the inspiration for the song Lifer. And really, it was, um, we had just gotten back from Texas I think, or nearabouts. And um, Brian Baker was in town and he still writes with us. He has some songs for this new record. He wrote a bunch on High Water and played a bunch on High Water and all that other stuff. And so he was in town and and he says, let's get together and have like a, like, show, what do you got? I got some stuff. Like, let's just get together and, you know, throw, see if we can pull these, whatever threads we have going and make it a little more cohesive for this next record. And um, I said, okay, great. So he comes over and we're in, this room I think and we're playing and and I'm playing him the beginnings and I think we'd even banged it around a rehearsal about the song yeah. life but it wasn't where it ended up being and he's like mm. and he's like and we were just kind of futzing about with it it was just on a break he's like oh how was Texas and he goes oh it was great I go Jason's band broke it Jason's new band he's like, oh fucking great how's Jason and I said oh you know he's a lifer and boom <laughs> there's our title because we were just kind of min mincing about like what is this about where is it going we had some lyrics from david and all this other stuff and then i we just said i just said oh that's it and we just went boom and it was lifer and that's the that's where the chorus came from because we had almost everything else and we wrote it out of that so jason's imprint is all over us these days so oh yeah we're doing tomorrow, right? I think with, with we're doing a podcast with him tomorrow yeah. Yeah. i'll yeah. tell that i'm, story I'm, to him. I'm i think i told him he was like really and he's like, he was like, Brian Baker remembers who I am. I'm like, of course he does. Oh, there it is. Yeah, he's got yep. showing yes. us the single. You guys so already that's answered my next question was that, and I think I'd heard that, that, that David's originally from Texas and Chris too as well. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. both yeah. back in Austin-ish now. You know, yeah. Burbs of Austin. Oh, yeah. that's why you guys are big in Texas. Not only are you good music, you got these roots. Well, it always came yes, through, yeah. you know, it was always yeah. that, you know, the, when they say you guys have this Southern thing, well, they're the Southern thing, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's always in there. They, they, also, they can't get away from it, you know? Also, hence uh, why our 2023 schedule is California and Texas. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and the, for us, I mean, it's a, or we could call it proving ground A and proving ground B. If it works out, then we'll go to C and D and E and, you know, we'll go to the different States, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, Austin's uh, and Texas in general. I mean, it's always been great shows for us. Yeah. You know, California's great shows, but Austin's uh, been better, you know, definitely. Uh, what is your relationship with Charlie Starr and Blackberry Smoke? That's a good question. 
how that happened. That was a Brian Baker thing. He uh, he was real into them before I'd ever heard of them. And he was playing me their records. And um, like Whippoorwill, I think he was way into mm-hmm. it. And he would always, oh, you can check this out. He, you know, he's, those guys are such fucking good guitar players. I mean, Charlie oh, man. is like next level. And, um, you know, Baker's a guitar nerd of the highest order, you know. And, um, he, but he loved those records and he was always talking about them and he was just a fan. And I think yeah. he told me he was in Atlanta visiting yeah. his father and they were playing. And he never does this because I know how he is. He has to really love a band because he does not ever use the card. You know, I am so-and-so, can I? He just won't do it. I know he won't. It's got to be big. He loved that band so much. And he said, he, I think he just direct messaged Charlie on Twitter and said, hi, Charlie, I'm Brian from Bad Religion and I'm a huge fan and I, I would never do this, but I would love to, I bought a ticket, can I meet you? And Charlie Starr texted back, you mean Brian from Junkyard? And yeah, he, said, he loves you guys, he loves you guys, yeah. And, I, and so, and that's what started it. And so we were working on High Water and, um, you know, Brian, and Brian said, what do you think about Charlie writing, giving, writing a song for us? And he, he, I think he'd be up for it. I'm like, let's see what he's got. Sure, I'm, I'm up for yeah. that. And he sent us, um, what the fuck? Wheels come off, and the wheels fall off. Yeah, yeah, and right. it was. We said the demo was great. We tweaked it a little bit, you know. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that they were going to record it. Yeah, I, didn't, I thought it was for. And I, I emailed Charlie. I'm like, why? If it was, if you wanted it from Smoke, you didn't have to give it to us. He's like, I didn't, but you guys did it so good. I copped your version, and that's what we're doing. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay. <it's your laughs> Thank you. But the funny <laughs> thing about them, we did a string of dates with uh, them and uh in in england and they'd always be checking about the time we would roll in and oh god they do long checks and there's you know they they're a great cover band they're not a cover band but they're great at doing yeah. covers yeah and they would see us walk and they'd walk in and they'd go out and start playing slipping away or something like that so much better than we can you know <laughs> and i was like stop it's embarrassing you're so much better you know well they got the organ and all the cook you know they got all the yeah. Yeah. you know we're just a punk band basically the background singer yeah. the black but they, band. Get, they oh, played them really, great yeah. they played them great. i walked so, in and i walked in and uh they they were doing they were doing some they were doing like a fucking venom song or something like that and then like really talk, like and then they stopped immediately and went right into Misery Loves Company. And I looked and I watched for about a minute and I walked out. And I'm like, well, I'm done. Fuck. Like, you guys, this is good. God. And then I, I think I, I said, I think I got a little video clip of this I sent to Baker of them covering a minor threat song, too. I mean, oh, they, were, right. they could do anything. Yeah, they're, they're all, good all, at they, that. They're oh, good they love minor threat. They're like, minor I mean, threat. I've heard them yeah, do yeah. Black Sabbath and I've heard. Oh, yeah. yeah they they so would do all that kind of. When they did, they're great. They, they do Sabbath really well. I yeah, love them. They, yeah. they would do Sabbaths and check. I'm like, oh, that sounds about right. I think they fairy yeah. wear boots. It's yeah, like, I've heard them. Yep, yep. Yeah, fairies wear, wear boots. And I've heard them it's cover right like, up their like alley. Black so, Crows songs. Like, you name yeah, it. They just, like, he, they could play it. The Levy that was, Breaks could, by was, Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, that was a Brian thing. You know, he created that that thing. And when the, we've gone to see them when they've come through L.A. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. always super sweet. They're super nice guys. Paul's a lovely guy. They're all really nice guys. Great guys, yeah. Yeah, it's been. it was very nice to bring us to to England because it was you know I think that happened because we were already going and we had a festival we had we had club dates and we had a festival day and then you know 
through the intergoogles or whatever, I saw that we happened to be there. I think I emailed Charlie, like, oh, we're going to be in England at the same time. I hope maybe we'll cross paths. And he's like, well, why don't you do some shows? And I said, oh, okay. okay. It was really <laughs> like that. Like, like, oh, sure, let's do some shows. And then all of a sudden, you know, but they're playing. If you like, insist. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the academies, which are three to 5,000 yeah. seaters. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, we're at the, uh, you know, <laughs> we're at the laundry mat down the street. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the old rock club. You know what I mean? On the brick going. steps, you know. As long yeah, as they I, let you do your laundry for free, it's a good gig. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That yeah, good catering. <laughs> oh my god, man! Oh yeah, we just couldn't wait for the food. And it's, <laughs> they brought a chef. It was really good. You know, the place that we play, it's like Phil Lynott passed out on these cobblestones. Like shit, man! Like wow, <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. actually we, i always love playing the, i love playing in england i actually i know yeah i, I think the venues are great and there's a place yeah. to play bannermans and we play, i think the best junior show I ever had was when we played in camden town at the underworld there i to me yeah yeah i've ever yeah. played and i've done yeah, a lot of, i'm over 100 probably and it was the best we ever had um, we do so there, we have a we we yeah. like to have a good time in the uk i love yeah. it though I do. And they love American bands. Like they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah, and they, they speak do. our language. So it's like, oh, dude, you're <laughs> talk like us. So well, no, we're due to get back there. We're due to get back to Spain. I mean, we haven't been to Europe in a long time. And yeah. it's yeah. we're all we're due. And it's being talked about for probably 24, though, realistically. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about, you know, there I'm there, I'm assuming there's some ACDC influence in junkyard and just and, a bit. Yeah, and there's other, but there's other bands too that have that. And I don't know, you know, around the time, they were maybe an East Coast band, but there's a band Dirty Looks. I don't know if you remember them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Rhino Bucket kind of has that kind of, you know, the vocal that's kind of reminiscent of Bon Scott. And so I'm just, I'm going to plug this band from, I think they're either from Philly or New Jersey, but they're called Rat Rod. I've heard of why the, I have heard of that band. Yeah, was that was a hey, Tim? Was that uh, Tommy Red Lobster that told us about that? Yeah, they might have been like it's, on one of those like uh, M3 adjacent gigs, like when they do the yeah. that kind of thing. Like maybe we were on something with them once. I mean, that doesn't mean I saw them. It means I, probably I remember. Didn't see them, but. I've heard the name, and I've that, and I haven't heard anything negative about the the band when I've heard the yeah. name. But um, yeah, I've heard of, yeah, are they are they are they happening? Are they good? I you know I think they're playing small places but I you know the one thing I, I want the one thing I want to say about that <laughs> like is us. It, it 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 makes me have to eat a, a plate of crow because I've been one of those guys that's been critical about a band that that gets a lot of flack for sounding like Zeppelin and we've all talked about that so you know but but then all of a sudden like I'm rat rat and say hey that's okay that's it's a totally okay for me like that first song they have is when the lightning strikes and it's like it absolutely like hey is this like some unreleased acdc bon scott song but so yeah. like all of a sudden i'm like well i'm like i have a bias here so that's okay so i'm kind of eating a little crow over that you know it's like hey if there's a band that kind of sounds suspiciously like another band it's it's okay i mean you have to keep <laughs> in mind AC, that, yeah you have to keep in mind yeah. that even acdc probably thought all we're doing is ripping off the rolling stones that they really thought that's what they were trying to do probably so everyone is has a i'm just glad that people are still talking about it like i when you say it about <laughs> bands sound like led zeppelin like well at least led zeppelin's in the conversation with young people again if maybe yeah, it's yeah. not for the best yeah, reason that is true yeah they yeah, may seek out led zeppelin now because of that yeah. sure. and then that's fine if they don't like if 
you know, I, 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 anybody who would listen to your band and then start another band based on it, I think, I mean, that's a, that's fine to me. I mean, nothing's original. There's nothing original. I mean, Junkyard has plenty of ACDC, but we don't, ex, the execution of ACDC is so intricate and, and hard to do that. I mean, it, it appears to be simple, which is why they're so fucking good because their songs are not simple. It's right, like no. the Ramones. Yeah. Have you ever seen a band think they can just get up and, cop their way through a Ramon song it's a train wreck it's not yeah. possible you know these the simplest bands are the hardest ones to do because yeah. there is some magic in the simplicity that you're not that you cannot just replicate so though people cop bits bond's voice but you know bond i thought sounded like alex harvey i mean i'm sure he got a right, ton of yeah. that shit when he was coming up because the alex harvey band was much bigger than acdc and everyone says oh they got a guy who sounds and they sound a lot like alex harvey at a certain point the alex harvey band so i'm sure they got a ton of shit too like they're the especially you go to england when they did and they weren't known alex harvey band was still a big band though they never made it in america but that thing alex harvey sounds a lot like bond scott and he was yeah, going on yeah. five years before bond so yeah. i'm sure they took their own shit about it like oh you're just you it's alex harvey meets fill in the blank you know, mm. so I, it, there was never, they are not that original either. You know, they have, they were <laughs> the first to say, you know, we're just copying Chuck Berry like every fucking buddy else. And we have this, our idiosyncratic way developed into this thing. And we just fucking mind it. And that's what most bands do. Like, find your thing, mine it. And if mm. usually a band that starts out where it feels like they're nicking them all the time, if you actually dig a little deeper, they're actually probably not. And a lot of times they move out of it and start to develop their own thing because you realize, you don't have Malcolm Young's right hand. No right. one does. Malcolm yeah, Young's nobody right does. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have yeah. Richard's right hand. You don't have Charlie Watts' right foot. You don't have John Bonham's right foot. Yeah. You know, and there's your pocket. And if you can't, no one can replicate another human being's pocket. That's just the truth. And the yeah. pocket's the, the right foot of the drummer, usually, and the right foot of the rhythm guitar, the right hand of the right of the rhythm guitar player. That's where the most rock and roll is in those two places. And no one's the same. And you can't cop it. And no matter what anybody says, you can play all the same chords, but where you put your hand on that beat is always slightly different. And that's what makes it unique. So, yeah. you know, rip off ACDC. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I, I have no problem with it. Please. <laughs> the more ripoffs, the better. God, we need more rock. Not. You can't do it. Well, you can't do right. it. I mean, I, I think rock music is becoming popular in the underground sense, but I, I, hear and see a lot more of the younger generations maybe going towards it now and like actual instrumental so, yeah. bands yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i think i think because it is the most viable live genre besides country which now is kind of like bad rock it's music. the pop it's a country's <laughs> like the pop four yeah. now yeah, yeah with a big with a, bad. You know, but they're still playing with you know big guitars you know that kind of bigger sound it's not like <laughs> the country that we actually listen to which doesn't have that mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. bigger guitars and bigger hats yeah and, so, but and that's bigger hard. trucks whatever they bigger whatever truck. people are into that's that's all i i don't give a shit yeah. about that but you know i i love i can't lose sleep over the dynamics of what people are interested in but i do think the visceral experience of a good rock and roll band is hard to replace and people you know whether it's hip-hop which is not a live genre it's never worked very well as a live yeah genre. yeah it's just the vocals are hard to pull off because so much yeah. of it is the subtlety and the vocals have to be and i just don't think it works as well and you don't have you can't rely on the volume of a fucking marshall which covers a lot of shit and is exciting, yeah. visceral. It moves your hair. You feel it. Yeah, you feel it. Yeah, and no yeah. matter how loud you turn up the bass, it's still not the same as that. 
And, um, you know, I think that's, there's always going to be a leanings towards that kind of release. And because like you said, like, you know, people don't buy albums or, you know, they download singles, but when you yeah. go to show, you're getting an album, it's a full fucking set of that band songs. And so it's more than an album. So you can really build out the connectivity. Maybe you get from albums from a live show and that's what people respond to. There are more festivals than ever. Even after COVID, there's more gigs, than yeah. all yeah. that shit. So obviously people are responding to that. And when you get down to it and you want a big show, you got to put on a rock band. You know, you yeah. want a closer, you got to put on, a, unless it's fucking JC, you, Jay-Z, you need a fucking rock band. That's why Guns yeah. N' Roses, it's every headlining spot because they come out in their big rock band. Boom, explosions, all that shit. You know, backed with a fucking pounding with, yeah. and some martial stacks. And it's a yeah. pretty time honored. No one's really kind of, you know, reinvented that wheel because it doesn't need to be reinvented. It works, you know, and it works in big spaces. And once rock kind of cracked that, it made it the big venue art form. And it still is principally. And it draws better than anybody, any of those, you know, even the old songs. So, you know, I think that's as much as it's not because Paul McCartney's, you know, an icon. (laughs) Yeah, he is. But his music works good in a big fucking room, you know, live like it's exciting. Timeless. A yeah, lot of timeless. It's timeless and it's songs and it, but it's rock and roll. It's still loud and big drums and you know he he throws on the production too now. But you know it works in big venues and the money you can make from selling, you know, three hundred thousand tickets over three days versus ten thousand tickets over one night. It's a big big number difference. Yeah. You know? yeah. So oh yeah. You see why the festivals work? You get three headliners. You know, even a band like Nine Inch Nails, I would consider a rock band because it's a big live explosion of sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big event. Yeah, it's a big event. And yeah. So I think that's if anything, just bringing them to it, they're exposed to it because they go to the show to see maybe the, you know, whoever it is, the bands that they consider maybe rock, like the Chainsmokers or something like that, which aren't to me. They're mm-hmm. just like that's like a pop band. It's, you know, it's like yeah. mm-hmm. laptops and two guys with the keyboard. It's great, but the band that goes on after them. Who's usually forty and just fucking flattens them? They're like, "Well, what the fuck's that all about?" That's what I mean. <laughs> so maybe that's it. I mean, and it goes for punk too, you know. Yeah. My, my friends are bad religion. They're bigger now than they ever have been. They draw more than they ever used to draw. They draw a ton. All of them do. It's like well, it's people just want that live, real experience. These and they and look I at think... them as real. They go, "This is yeah, real. Yeah. This wasn't like something." that a guy put on TikTok and he got big for it for one, you know, for, it's like, this is real. Like I can connect to this. Mm-hmm. I can go back with this. There's history here. Yeah, it's big history, yeah. Some community yeah. that maybe I'm not aware of, but it's here because I'm standing around all these motherfuckers knew every fucking word, you know, right. maybe they're older than me, but some of their kids are into it too. And that's the kind of way that's what punk or rock, whatever the fuck you want to call it, guys with less Pauls, whatever the fuck it is connects with people. And I think that's <laughs> maybe why it, it continues like it, pull up any festival this summer, except for probably Coachella, which is bizarre. There's big rock bands, yeah. everyone, you know. So like, Coachella seems to have ceded that territory to somebody else. I don't that's, know. Why. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know what that is, but you're absolutely right. Like the rock festivals, the rock bands are all making hay. You guys are making hay. You got a lot of really cool shit coming up that people need to go out to. And see you guys, yes. especially like these special shows with these acoustic gigs and everything yeah. else, because you guys kick ass. And I like I've seen all the YouTube clips live, but I got to experience that in person one of these days. So 
I either got to get a cheaper flight to, to California. You guys got to come back to Ohio at some point when I can actually see you. I hate Cleveland, but you guys always go to Cleveland. I'm, I'm, keeping, my, true, I'm yeah. keeping my eye on the hook and ladder <laughs> theater in Minneapolis. I, I love that days. place. That was fun. Oh, that play, I, I love that place. Show. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was a fun show. Yeah. Brian's in North Dakota. Like, you know, throw him a bone. Would he you? did play fucking North Dakota. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah. Was okay. that North Dakota or South Dakota? Sioux Falls. Oh, maybe South. Sioux Falls. South. South. Oh, dude, that's right? three yeah. hours south of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a weird gig, but we did play there. It was, it was. We even played the, while we were there. We even were three hours south of the venue, so we, forget it. You know, it yeah, was, it was a, a train wreck of a show. It was. Like, what, what the hell was going on there? It was a weird fucking show. That was the that was Wrong the show venue. where I remember now. It was it was this big huge pool hall, and the stage was kind yeah. of the corner, and then yeah. and they had a barrier. I'm like, we really need a fucking barrier, you know what I mean? Like, what? I mean, no one's storming the stage. I'm like, our fans. It's like how the pre sales doing? Oh, 35. I'm like, yeah, get rid of the barrier. Get rid of the barrier. <laughs> and uh, and for some reason, there was some girl there who just decided to take her top off right at the barrier, and was like, I was we haven't seen this on the whole day. Just like, okay, well, I mean, it wasn't like there was 300 people there. You know, it was right. Yeah. You know, it was, and then the room was so big it could have been a thousand and looked empty. It was that kind of a place. You're just like, wow. and then she's like standing there with the top off, and I'm like, mm, you're like, okay, okay really? I think she eventually got on stage too. Am I correct? No, she that? did. No, she did. I, it was you, a very you really nicely. Night. You nicely escorted her off to the side of the like, stage, and she went right back on. And you're like, whatever. All right. <laughs> like, hey, you wife, know, just, whatever. <laughs> It's like my wife always says, like, I don't worry about junkyard shows. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of, bunch of and then dudes, if this picture comes dudes. out, she's like, well, this is her fucking topless chick. I'm like, I mean, I guess, you know, there's a first for everything, you know, but that's the first time. So. It was, yeah, that was Sioux Falls. The shit you remember from gigs. You never, I, I have no idea how we played or any, I don't remember any of that other stuff. Oh, I, don't, I, I remember, like, I, I remember they stuck me in a shark cage drum set. I'm like, you gotta fucking be kidding oh, me. Yeah, no. Well, it's the shark cage, you know. Yeah. A shark cage? I'm like, you know, you know like the, 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 the drum set with a rack and, and there was, and and there was oh. Pat plays I, mean, with, I play like, with, he plays with like two <laughs> trash cans. I mean, he doesn't use a lot of drums, you know what I mean? No, yeah, the, I'm like, this is way too many bass drums, and there's two. I don't need any of them. Get these fucking things out of it. <laughs> get a, get the, like, just give me a stick and a cymbal God, and a piece of chicken. Oh, fuck, man. It was cold. Dry, it was cold there, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. But, and then we, uh, yeah, we, we did that. We paired that with uh, Minneapolis yeah. and Chicago. Oh, wow. thing too, yeah. And then that was a good one yeah. too. Well, I, I'm watching. I'm watching and waiting for the Midwest gig, so I can definitely get out and see you guys. I'm super well, excited. So we'll I'm see expecting... how we do. We try our best, but see. we'll see how we do. Yeah. I'm expecting the the crowds, the, the enthusiasm, the people, they're going to be demanding more and more junkyard. Okay. I'm From hoping. To God's ears, my son. I hope that's Yes, true. <laughs> because I'm thinking about myself as well in this. Oh, so it's no, I'm thinking about you and you. I'm thinking about Ohio. And, all about and, uh, you. And, uh, it's, all about you. It's, it's, it's all about me. It's how about all you about fly me. to? Yeah, you, you fly to Ohio on a red eye. You tell me how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> no, fly to Cincinnati on a red eye. We've done that. We've done that. It is... It, I used to take a, a California stint all the time in my old job, and I'd always fly back Friday night on a red eye from 
Oakland, and it was just my whole weekend was shot after that. Yeah, because you get I in, bet, yeah, yeah. you don't really get any sleep. It's you're just up because you get in. It's not long enough to sleep. A layover at O'Hare at four thirty in the morning. So that's pretty depressing. Yeah, it is. You can't it even get coffee yet. In the, in no, yeah, the bar. Yeah, the bar's not open. Do anything. Yeah, just, no, sitting there. Open. There's yeah, like lucky you can find somewhere to sit. It sucks, but anyway. Yeah. Everybody go out, buy junkyard tickets, go to these shows, whether they're California, whether they're Texas, go to the uh, cruises, buy the merch. These guys, I'm telling you, no band does better with merch than junkyard. You guys always have cool shit coming out. There's special stuff for these shows. It changes. It's awesome. Nobody, like I said, nobody does it better. So. Where do we go? Where do our listeners go to buy your merch, find tour dates, everything that's going on with Junkyard? Where should we send them? Everything uh, everything you can find. Uh, you just Google junkyardblues.com or go to junkyardblues.com or Google Junkyard Hollywood or Google Junkyard whatever. Simple Not man, that other whatever. Junkyard weird find band. It. Or Google Junkyard Band and go to their website and buy a go-go single but then go to our website and buy three shirts i don't care buy a- <laughs> the the differences between the styles are vast we're big fans of the junkyard band from dc we're okay. big fans we we paid them a lot of money fuck <laughs> yeah. so that we can both use the name so whatever they're great but uh yeah it's thanks a lot for the the compliment on the bird so we, we the last thing you want is when you open up a package in the mail and it's a shitty fucking shirt. So, you know, we try to, we strive to make, when you open up, open up the package, you're like, yeah, hey, it's a good Fifi action. <laughs> I get more we- compliments from junkyard merch than I do from anybody else. And I'll say too, the first time we had Charlie star on the podcast, I was wearing the, the white spade, you know, junkyard Hollywood shirt. Yeah. And he, the first thing he said is, is that a junkyard shirt? I almost <laughs> wore that exact same shirt. And I was like, we were in Brian after that, weren't we? Yeah. It was off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the quality is good. Again, you're always doing special shit. I love it. Uh, junkyardblues.com. Yeah, we have a, and we're doing something we don't do. We're doing actual, this run, there are date specific shirts. So you get a front and back on this run, which we haven't, we do yeah, very yeah. rarely. So we've only those- done that in this, in this current incarnation of the band. This is the second time we've done it. The first time we did it was with the, the Lifer shirt. And man, we came back from that Lifer run, uh, the end of, uh, 21 right we came back with no swag at all yeah. i mean people yeah. bought that stuff up so and that's the lifeblood to a lot of bands these days i mean you guys gotta sell merch to keep you on the road and going yeah got to, we have to we gotta yeah. we gotta sell more merch so we can make more merch it's it we never make any money off of merchandise honestly we just throw it back in and uh you know come up with different ideas and i'm lucky that um i've got a uh, guy that does our shirts for us that is not only not only is he a fan of the band, but he really takes pride in his work and he does other people's merch as well as skateboarding merch. So that's where me yeah. and him kind of like, you know, combine on that. So a lot of our merch is skateboard kind of related on certain yeah. things, but the number one t-shirt sales is skateboard shirts. So why not go straight to the source and steal from that? I didn't say that, but. <laughs> but, but it is it is so we good get, again, we get a lot of we get a lot of shirts like that's usually yeah, yeah. Like, we get a lot of shirts from people on the road so we're pretty discerning about like mm. and i know they're hard to do good but if you want they are, yeah ship yeah. to other bands if you want your cool friends band to wear a shirt make it a cool shirt you know we have a lot of yeah. our friends wear our shirts on stage all the time because it's yeah. a cool shirt there we go cool there so, you go nice. 
What's you this guy's name? David Cormick makes this doubly one I like a lot. I need your shirt sizes and I need an address to send them somewhere. So you got I'll it. Let you guys oh, yeah. for our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Thank I appreciate that. Thank you, Jason. Brian, I'm, over no, to I'm you. I'm going to put out my social security on them here. Hang on. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> well, so by much. the way, if, if I send you the shirt, you guys have to do social media with wearing one of the shirts for us. All right. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> All right. You got Great. it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for having us, gentlemen. It's great to see you, Tim from Junkyard. Always a pleasure. Great to catch up with you guys. And we're going to look forward to everything you guys do. And you get in our area, we'll definitely be out there. So. Hopefully that happens, but we'll be watching. I hope so it's going to happen. Ohio, oh, put it this way: Ohio and Minnesota are next on the list. If this, okay. if we don't, if we don't uh, spontaneously combust. <laughs> right on. All right, thank you guys. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much to Tim and Patrick from Junkyard for joining us. Always a pleasure. They become regulars and are great guys to talk to. Uh, just so interesting to hear about you know some of the stuff with their history and you know how come or although they were placed in that bag of all like you know bands that we would call hair bands they certainly weren't that and uh them and like we mentioned earlier bands like dangerous toys they they, they had a harder kind of i guess i just called sleaze rock at the time edge mm -hmm. to them so uh and it's going to be great to whoever gets to see them play uh, their first record all the way through and in its entirety right man and that was a record of like my high school i love that album so yeah, much and played like, actually i like the six to seven to nine too but blues southern rock uh sleaze metal and punk, punk all wrapped yeah. in one man. that's very cool for sure I mean, that's 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 like a specifically unique kind of genre to have all that wrapped up into one package yep yeah and that's kind of what would made made them appealing to me and particularly where you know they weren't that that overly polished hair metal which i did like some of that but mm -hmm. they certainly separated themselves with their influences in the style of music and tim and pat are good dudes a lot of fun and it's all they're always funny anytime they're on and always a lot of good stories and our friend uh, ace von johnson from la guns will be hosting uh one of those shows in san francisco correct it's at the 25th and that's the night where he's doing the um, emceeing or DJing. They're doing that acoustic performance before the show and then playing that whole album later on in the entirety. Yeah, I believe that is in the Northern California area there, the San Francisco area. And I'm going to go way out on a limb and guess that Ace might just jump on stage with those guys. I mean, he has to, right? I mean, how can you not? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, it uh, also the, I think it was like the next day after we talked to him, they were going on a Jason McMaster's podcast from Dangerous Toys. Yeah, that's right. So I, we'll have to listen to that. I don't yeah, know I if that one's that. out yet or not. Yeah, got to find it too. I think it's called uh, ah, something noise. What is it called, Pat? Well, you'll hear in the interview. I think Pat talked about it a little bit. We asked him about it. So yeah. So anyway, uh, you're going to be at Rock and Pod. Uh, we got just a bunch of Gary Rossington tribute episodes to do and other guests coming up it's gonna be busy you guys are gonna enjoy it so as you wait in anticipation of enjoying it always remember southern rock is reverent blues is blood we'll see you next time
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 